Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You're listening over WIMG 1300, New Jersey's oldest radio station and the three-time stellar award-winning station in a small market based out of Trenton, New Jersey. And if you're watching, it's over WPHY Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey. Archives of this and my other interviews are, are available on the website, Trenton365.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Trenton 365 Show. You can post your events to the Trenton 365 community calendar page as well. And you can also follow us on Twitter if that's part of your handle as well. And that is Trenton 365 Show. Back in the studio with me is Glitch Artist. And I'm going to be jumping back and forth with either Glitch Artist or Regular Artist <laughs> or Fashion Designer, uh, Philip O'Connell. And Philip, since he was here earlier this year, has just taken off. I mean, not necessarily because of being on the show, but because his work is getting recognized not only locally but I'm talking regionally and I'm, I'm sure it won't be long before he's a national, nationally known and recognized artist especially in his particular genre which is glitch art and we'll be getting into the details of exactly what that is in just a moment but without any further ado Philip O'Connell welcome back to the Trenton 365 show it's a pleasure to, pleasure to be back awesome so let's, let's just get right back into sharing a little bit about your history and then jump into what glitch art is and for those of you who are watching on TV if you look at his sweatshirt that will give you a general idea of what it is and, you, and I think you're doing a little Facebook live as well yeah all right that'll work too what up Facebook <laughs> all right so Philip so a little background information about who you are and what it means to be a glitch art well my name is Philip McConnell I'm a 26 year old glitch artist essentially <laughs> Basically what glitch art is, it's the it's manipulating the computer code of a picture and distorting it in a way that brings out different colors and different as, aspects of it. The way that I kind of talk about it now, it's an abstract, surrealistic, digital art. It's something that's it's not well known, but for those that know, they know. There's several different styles of glitch art, but a style that's unique to me is more of the aesthetic glitch. It's more or less glitching for not just destroying a picture but destroying it and rebuilding it like the current show I have up now in Cranberry the title of the show is called Digital Alchemy where it's the concept of alchemy is taking something breaking it down and then rebuilding it to something else back in the middle ages alchemists main goal was to create gold from regular metal so they would take metal put it through a chemical process in order to try and create gold with this art style I've tried and done the same thing but you know not with metal <laughs> but with pictures and a lot of the pictures are things that either I've taken or friends of mine have taken like I have a, a beautiful picture that Habib took you know Habib right? Ha Habib Su Habib who's yeah. been on the show as well and he's a shout out to Habib who is also another artist um, I would say younger because he's younger than me but he's doing some amazing things as uh, well talented photographer and he's got a couple of shows he's getting a lot of national and regional press right now yeah. as well I was working with him on a project and I even tapped him I'm currently working on a book of poetry with another friend of mine Daquan Paris who's a phenomenal poet like his if his poetry was an instrument, it'd be a harp. Mm. It's beautiful. But I'm working with him on that. And, but pretty much the goal that I'm trying to accomplish now is just taking it a step further. Into, I'm trying to work on a program that 
it'll pretty much let you watch the pictures glitch from your phone. Sort of like the same way that the Snapchat filter, you, it's interactive. I mean, not really interactive, but it's like you hold your phone up and it moves. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. That's the next step that I'm trying to take it towards. Mm -hmm. Now, when you were on a show before, you, you went into your background and your history, um, where you went to college mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, have you always wanted to be involved with computers or um, digital, um, I don't even know what to call it, like digital software manipulation? Um, yes and no. I always liked the concept of hacking, but I've never dwelled into it. Actually, my freshman year, I was in the library and we had to write a report on culture. And me, I'm very big on counterculture, so I was doing research on just different types of counterculture and I came across the hacking culture and since then like I instantly fell in love with it like I'm sure everybody had LimeWire at some point mm -hmm. there's just the ability to just it's to take control pretty much and just you can do anything you want on a computer like literally anything you can dream of anything you can imagine you can create there's a software out there and if not there's code for you to build it literally everything is conceivable and just the ability to make anything at my fingertips is is what I get the greatest joy from because I can't I can't draw for some reason there's a disconnect between my mind and my hand it just doesn't translate well but with digital art I'm able to take this thing that I see and then create it and even now I've been making glitch art so long that that's how I look at the world now I look at the world in distortions before I looked at it in layers and hues and colors and contrast, but now I look at it, well, that would look good if this was over here, this was over here, this was down here. So now I just, I view the world in distortions. I look at the way, uh, you've seen The Matrix, right? Mm -hmm. You know when they're looking at the codes aligned and they're like, oh yeah, they're going at it, they're fighting. But to us it just looks like codes aligned. Mm -hmm. That's how everything looks to me now. I look at it in lines and I look at it in ways that I can, how can I work with this line? What can I do to this line to get this section over here? Hmm. So, so you, you'd mentioned that you can't draw. And, and when I say can, I mean, when you said that, I know that you can draw I mean, I to some extent, but, <laughs> but, but for it to be translated to the level where you're comfortable with, you don't consider yourself being able to yeah. draw. So what does it mean then for you, the title of artist? Is it the process of the creation and whatever the medium is? Or, um, you know, some people may say, okay, well, you're not actually physically doing something with your hand, yeah. then it's not really art. So can you just elaborate on your expression of that? That's a big disconnect between traditional artists and digital artists is the fact that it's easy to create digital art, but just because something is easy does not mean you have to take the easy way through it. The process of glitch art that I use, I use a basic text editor for everything. So I'm literally in there writing lines of code by hand. I mean, granted, it's not, I'm not scribing it, but I'm typing it. And, I'm, and just the way that I do it, I try to keep the process as analog as possible. And by me using my photography, I have to go out and create my source image. I have to go out and create colors. The same way that a painter mixes colors before they paint, I have to do that but with pictures. So I'm still doing the same mediums as a traditional artist. It's just it's just a different aspect. Like my girlfriend, she's a painter and she's a very talented painter. And just watching her process from taking two different colors and creating this different color 
and then using that color to paint the back of the canvas and then putting something over it and then under it like watching her process has influenced me in the way that I make art now. I have a section of pictures saved on my computer called it's just palette. I use it as my color palette. I use those pictures to create other pictures. Then there's strictly four colors. Like I'll go out and I'll shoot a picture of the sky and I'll use that section of blue for something else other than just the sky. Or I'll use the green from the trees because I like how bright it is and how vibrant it is. And I'll use that somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now that is, is part of what I'd like for you to drill down on. And for those of you who are listening and watching, possibly for the first time, this may get a little technical. Um, you know, as I expand and progress in the, what I consider creation and the art that I like to do, mainly for therapy, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be asking you some of those questions. So you just um, laid it out, like the creation of the palette, where you're pulling, the, where you're getting those concentrations from, for, whether it's from something you've seen in the sky mm -hmm. or from a, the green of the trees, etc. And you create this virtual palette. But it's also a, a digital palette that's actually tangible yes. that you can manipulate and you always have it as opposed to going to the store as a painter and buying blue ochre mm -hmm. or whatever and then having to go back and rebuy it. You just have an, uh, uh, an endless amount of data yep. that you've created and, and made yourself. Is mm -hmm. that correct? And then even still, even to take it a step further... I like to shoot in low shutter speed, so sometimes with low shutter speed, you're able to, it's pretty much for capturing movement, and you can, cat. the way the shutter works is it brings in light, and as it brings in light, it captures the image, but the more light that it brings in, the faster it takes the picture. The less light it brings in, the more delayed the picture is, so if I'm moving my hand, you'll see the movement of my hand because of how it's capturing it. So I'll play around with different aspects of photography to get different results. So the blue that I take today might be different than the blue I take five minutes ago or five minutes after, depending on how I shoot it. And then even still, like the sky is naturally a color palette. The sky naturally goes from bright blue during the day, and then there's the sunset, which it has the greens, the orange, the reds, the purples, and then it's purple at night, it's black at night. And then even with that, there are still clouds. And then the clouds are a different color at night than they are during the day. And if you're lucky enough, you catch a full moon, which varies depending on where you're at in the world, what color it is. And then depending on if it's a harvest moon or if it's a blue moon or if it's a wolf's moon. Like, there's so many determining factors on these different colors that I try and pull from. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to get back into the technical portion of your creation and art in general, but you've touched on the mes metaphysical, which is something that we spoke <laughs> about a lot before, yeah. and um, and I appreciate that, especially uh, from someone who's your age, and, and I, don't, I don't say that to demean you or anyone else that's your age, but generally those kinds of conversations aren't conversations you have with people who are under yeah. 30 and we'll get into the 30 <laughs> under 30 in just a moment yeah. but can you just talk about the metaphysical aspects or the mysticism that you subscribe to uh as far as subscribe i don't subscribe i'm a student to everything i study as much as i can any book i can get my hands on i like to read knowledge is power and the more knowledge you have the more knowledgeable about something you are the powerful you are in a sense so my thing is, I just like to read in general anything from just random fiction. Like my favorite, my favorite author is H.P. Lovecraft. I love his work. I love the way that he constructs a story from start to finish. My favorite poet is Edgar Allan Poe. 
I just I love the way he just conveyed emotion through his words. Like I've never met that man, but I can tell what he was feeling when he was writing that. And that like just just being able to feel what someone is doing that transcends time, transcends space. Like he is forever immortalized because of his work. Mm-hmm. So just stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, when you when you say that you like reading and you read a lot of lots of, of different things yeah. is there anything that's currently on your your shelf or on your table your desk that has captivated you recently currently i find myself rereading the 48 laws of power because now when i first read it my uncle gave me the book when i was in high school and at the time i read it and it was you know i understood some of the concepts but now that i'm older and i'm a manager at my job it is it's different because now I'm looking at it through the scope of a 26 year old I turned 27 August 10th but I'm looking at through the scope of a 26 year old whereas before I was looking at it through the scope of a 16 year old my world is vastly different now and the politics and the things that I have to do are different and the things that I'm doing it they're different I've also been studying about the dog star a lot serious and how <clears throat> the Egyptians believed that the dog star was the true sun whereas our yellow sun is a sun for the physical. The dog star was a sun for the metaphysical, the spiritual. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that they had a concept as vast as that then and where certain philosophers and things like that have taken it now, it's just I like to study everything from that to here, in between. Great. I'm speaking with Philip Connell, who is a artist, and we're going to say artist, and we'll be jumping back and forth with glitch artist and artist Philip O'Connell, glitch artist, artist. Um, we're, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things in the next uh, hour and change or 45 minutes or so. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. If you'd like to send an email, you can do so at trenton365show at gmail.com. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. In the studio with me is Philip O'Connell, who is a an artist. We're just going to say artist, and we'll talk <laughs> about the different variations and the different genres that he touches in. So, Philip, you were talking uh, just b- before that short break. You were talking about like glitch art being uh, the manipulation, and it's an abstract mm-hmm. effort that, that you're doing. And then I had mentioned to you about how there's this, uh, I guess, di- dichotomy of people who say, well... It's all done on computers. It's yeah. not really art. But then you went into detail, mm-hmm. talking about how you create your own palette based upon the colors that you're taking from nature, from your own photography, manipulating them and creating this infinite color palette that you can alter mm-hmm. that's always available and accessible to you. Can you just drill down on that process a little bit more? Uh, more or less, it's just me... Like, I'll go out for a day and just snap random pictures, or I'll even snap pictures on my phone as well. And it's just the eye that I've developed for it, because I've been doing it as long as I have. I can see something and say, oh, well, I don't like the whole picture, but I like this one part. And if I can take that one part and use that to build something bigger, like, it's all about, I look at the micro to develop the macro. I look at the smallest parts of something to develop the bigger parts of it. Because at the end of the day, even with a painter, it's still the same thing. They look at how can I take this blue and how can I take this yellow to make this different color? How can I, is taking an image from your mind and then transcribing it to a canvas or to wood. Like uh, 
a good friend of mine, Addison, he likes to paint on wood, and his pictures are just like, I don't understand how his mind works. Like his stuff is amazing. <laughs> and then the same thing with Casa. You mm-hmm. know, everybody knows Casa. Like mm-hmm. Casa's mm-hmm. work is just like, how do you? Where is the thought process? How does point A lead to point B? And it's just, it's more or less how an artist looks at the world. That's how, I'm pretty sure that's how Caso looks at the world, that he's able to paint and draw the way that he does. Addison, same thing. It's just, it's all perspective. Well, your subjective perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say that, again, we, we were talking about how some folks who are more traditionalists will say, mm-hmm. say, okay, if you're an artist, you have to use this particular medium. You have yeah. to paint. You have to do it on canvas, etc. But as our minds and our experiences progress, mm-hmm. there's more and more people who are doing different things. Like you mentioned, Casa, Addison, yourself, yeah. Habib, all trying to, to express themselves through what they're seeing in their own eyes, and it's becoming way more acceptable, yeah. which is why I'm super stoked about art in general. Because for a long time, we, I believe that as human beings, we limited ourselves mm-hmm. with saying, okay, well, what is architecture? What is detail? And you just mentioned micro to macro. Well, for, for yourself and combining your photography with your digital work, can you just talk about the correlation of those two things? Well, it's, it's, like, it's like alchemy, like I said. Like I'll take two different elements and fuse them together to create this whole other thing. And it's more or less taking photography a step further because eventually in five, you're starting to see glitch art become more prominent in media and it's slowly but surely making its way because that's the, that's the next step, that's the next wave. That's where media is headed because it's flashy, it looks cool, it's bright, it's vibrant. Now granted, uh, my glitch art is different than the mainstream artists that are making glitch art. I say that as humbly as possible. But there's just a difference between what that is and what this is. Like, it's, they do it more for the for brands. And they do it more for brand recognition or because they see the trend. They see the wave that's coming and they're trying to get ahead of it. But I feel like it's just taking photography a step further, to be honest. Like, it is, it is a next step. It is the gradual evolution of it. Mm-hmm. Not so much the distortion aspect of glitch art, but more or less the aesthetic aspect of glitch art. Just if you look at futuristic movies, you'll see neon lit billboards that distort slightly, or you'll see you'll see signs that do it. Or even if you look at uh, if you look at some other YouTube videos, their intros are glitch art. Mm-hmm. It's a different form of glitch art. They won't call it glitch art because they don't know that it's glitch art, but that's what it is, and it's that's the wave that we're headed towards. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, speaking about glitch art, um, could you describe a, a movie or something that has representation of, of a form of glitch art in it that would maybe trigger some people to say, oh, that's what he's talking mm-hmm. about. There's a video, old video by Kanye West called Welcome to Heartbreak. In the video, it's all data moshing. And what data moshing is, is it's a video style of glitch art where it pretty much, one scene melts into the other and they bloom like just colors. Mm-hmm. But data moshing is a visual style, it's a video style of glitch art. As far mm-hmm. as 
pretty much you see it a lot in you see it a lot in hip hop. There's a, a Playboy Cardi Magnolia. I think that's how you pronounce it. He just put out a video, and 90% of the video is glitch art. It's all distortions. It's all just slight cuts in the picture that look different, like stuff like that. And even what else? There's a Breakfast Club. Their intro for their uh, videos, it's glitch art. Mm -hmm. The pictures distort slightly, and it's them posing in different poses, but it's glitch art. And a lot of people wouldn't readily see that and understand it, but me being a glitch artist, I can see that and say, okay, I know what that is. I recognize that. Mm -hmm. So you think that we're going to continue to see glitch art evolve into more, um, more, uh, I guess, movies or video? I believe so, yeah. I think that that's the, I feel like that that is a next step. It's not the only next step. They're, like, virtual reality is a real thing. Like, it's... I bought a virtual reality headset for my niece. She's seven. So she's already growing up with the technology. When I was seven, if you had told me that I could look at something in 3D and it'd be a video game, I'd have laughed at you. But now she's growing up with this technology. She knows how to use an iPad. All the intricacies of this technology that I had to grow up with to learn, she's just, she just readily understands it. And it's only going to get deeper with the way that technology runs. Then you have augmented reality, which is, I don't know if you play Pokemon Go, but augmented reality is it puts something in the room with you. It's not readily there. It's on your phone screen, but it's still there with you. And it's, able, it's not able to interact with your environment. Not yet, but it's coming. Mm. Phil, can you share your contact information? My name is Philip McConnell. My Instagram is me underscore k-o-n underscore e-l now you have you've had a bunch of shows mm -hmm. recently um, and you have one that just opened yes this past weekend um, some of the details about that show that show is titled digital alchemy and it's funny how that show came about i was actually at art all night two years ago and I had a piece of it was my first art all night because I've been out of the city because I was in school for the last six years and then I've just got involved in the art scene and then art all night happened so I put the piece up and someone from the gallery contacted me about it and said we would like to put your work in the show we like your work it's different so fast forward two years from now well fast forward a year later I have my first solo show of the year and the title of the show is called Digital Alchemy. It's where I take pretty much photography and blend it with glitch art just to show my perspective view of the world. Since then, I've also been gifted with several other solo shows. I have a solo show, and I have two solo shows in August. The latter of which is at Bishop Gallery in Brooklyn. And I was very, the way that came about was I have a good friend, his name is Ransford, right? Ransford works for Success Academy. Ransford went to the gallery because his school children were doing a event there and he's showing the gallery owner my work because he's, he's just a really good friend like he's always plugging my stuff and he was scrolling through his phone showing him my work and the guy was like all right put me in contact with him then fast forward three weeks later now I have a show there at the end of August and that's also a solo show and then I also have two solo shows in September one in Lamberville and one in Bristol PA and then October, I have one at Calm Waters Cafe in Bristol, PA. 
also a solo show, but that one will be mainly photography with a mix of glitch art, but mainly photography stuff, low shutter speed stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, how that came about was I caught a, I was outside taking pictures of the moon and I was shooting in low shutter speed and I caught the clouds moving, like the actual movement of the clouds, but you can see that there's one stagnant tree there and the tree is well lit, the tree is well illuminated and you see the moon in the background, but all you see is just the rushing of the clouds back and forth. And that gave me the concept for the show. I was like, I gotta, I gotta make a bunch of these. <laughs> mm -hmm. So now you'd mentioned um, that you have uh, some photography that, um, and I, I apologize if I'm not explaining it properly. You will do a better job, mm -hmm. I'm sure. That's um, multiple images captured, mm -hmm. but there's it's almost time lapse. Yeah. Can you share that? Uh, it's a, it's part of a series called Vanity, and in this series, it's a, a it's just a it's just a picture of the moon, but. It, it's accompanied by four other pieces and these four other pieces are just different styles of coding like with one I used a hex editor and I mainly deleted all the zeros out of it and then then the other one I used the text editor normal way I do it and then the other one is more aesthetic it's more about the colors and things like that so it's four pictures but derived from the same source image and I have the source image printed out on canvas so you can see so when I'm explaining to people like this is what I can do with it. These are just different aspects of it. And that's just one of the series that I have. Mm -hmm. Now, how, like how received, how well received is your artwork? Um, because, you know, oftentimes I, I think people get caught up into thinking not necessarily what they like yeah. do they want to buy, but I think people as a mass audience buy art to fit something that they have yeah um my powder room i need to put i want to put a piece of art in the powder room and the colors of my powder room powder room are this so i'm going to seek out a piece of art that goes there yeah um so i have a whole issue with that but <laughs> but can you just just share a, a bit about how well received your work is the main people that buy my stuff are collectors because they see something different it's not like anything else that's out there and I say that as humbly as possible that's only because I've been guided by my mentors and they've helped me develop my style to the point to where it's if you see glitch art my name is next to it if you see this thing you automatically recognize that that's me but that's the main people that purchase the canvases are either galleries or collectors I don't really get a lot of just regular people buying the stuff and I don't know maybe because it's different because it's something so rat there's once it becomes more mainstream and you start to see more of it it'll become the norm it'll be like okay well I see what this is so I like this or I like this every now and again someone will buy one for their home every now and again mm -hmm. now we're just about up on a break um, and we're gonna get back into talking about um, the people who are purchasing your work because I think that it's I know it's critical uh, for this growing economy of art, for the marketplace to be there, not only for the artists, but also for the purchasers and for the retail establishment that sells it. We'll get into that a little bit more after the break. But briefly just touch on, in like 30 seconds or so, <laughs> touch on your fashion, such as the sweatshirt that you're wearing, the hoodie. Uh, well, the sweatshirts and the hoodies are part of a series called Just Like Dope, where it's wearable art. And long term, what I want to do is create a wearable art show where it's interactive with models and people, but the canvases will correspond with the actual sweatshirts and the hoodies 
and I'm also working with a talented designer as well on that. That's fantastic. I'm speaking with Philip McConnell, um, artist, and we'll be talking about his segment of art that he's uh, touching base with not only photography, photography, but also glitch art. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show, and we'll be back after a short break. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Trenton365. You can also post your events to the Trenton 365 Community Calendar Facebook page, and we'll get them out to the networks as well. In the studio with me is Philip McConnell, who is an artist. And Philip's been sharing lots of different details about not only his background and his history, as usual, on the program, but he's also getting into details about his process of creating art. And I'm using air quotes for those of you <laughs> who, um, who are just listening. He's a glitch artist. And uh, it's, a digital, it's a digital process of deconstruction and reconstruction to create something. And it's all about coding, something I don't know much about at all. And Philip is available if you'd like to uh, chat with him about that. Philip, you want to share your contact information? Well, my Instagram handle is M-E underscore K-O-N underscore E-L, Mikano. And I can mainly be reached through Instagram. That's pretty much what I work through. Or Facebook, you can find me, Philip Michael McConnell. Okay. And so if someone, like, all right, well, let me back up. So you've got this last year, you were saying, you've had an mm -hmm. amazing year, um, group shows, a uh, series of solo shows that are happening now and mm -hmm. planned for all of next year. Yes. Um, you've got a fashion segment that you're working on. You've got photography mm -hmm. as well as your quote-unquote <clears throat> glitch art. And I'm working on a book of poetry. Uh, yeah, sorry, and a, <laughs> and a book of poetry. And it sounded to me like you may be touching a little bit of film <clears throat> in some form or another, videography yeah. in some form or another in, in the near future. Um, have you considered teaching your process? Teaching, I feel like I'm not at a point to teach, but I'm always readily available to teach. I feel like I'm still a student. So, like, I pull things from my friends, I pull things from my mentors, like, just any knowledge I can soak up. I even, I watch a lot of anime. I pull some stuff from anime sometimes. Like, I pull from everything, because there's lessons in everything. You never know when the universe is trying to talk to you. Now, when you talk about um, the universe talking to you, and that's mm -hmm. the metaphysical aspect that you and I were chatting about, yes. you know, in the first segment of this and in the, pre the previous interviews, how has that guided or is guiding your, creati your creativity and your creations? Well, I create from a place of emotion. Like, when I feel something, I feel compelled to make something because that's how I feel. Sometimes I'll write a poem about it or sometimes I'll go out and snap pictures relevant to how I'm feeling that day. It's more or less just me listening to the things that are around me. Or like there's a, there's a concept of ebb and flow, push and pull. There are high points, there are low points. Nothing in the universe is a flat line. Mm -hmm. Everything is a wave. So when something really bad happens in my life, I'm able to look at it with complete optimism because I know nothing stays bad forever. The only constant thing in the universe is change. Mm -hmm. So when something bad happens, I can look at it and just say, okay, something good is coming. And depending on the severity of the badness, something good is going to happen. 
mm-hmm. or at least that's just that's just my philosophy on, and that's how I stay optimistic at times when I do get sad or when something terrible does happen like I'm able to look at it and say alright I'll get through this I can make it through this because I know what's on the other side I mean I don't know what's on the other side of this moment but I'm ready for whatever it is and I'm excited for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know that whatever that negativity is that's happening will not last mm-hmm now, do you find that you, when you create from emotion, do you think that it's obvious to the person who sees your finished product what emotions you had at that time? For those that know me, yeah. Because I don't make a lot of dark stuff with glitch art and photography. I don't take a lot of dark stuff, but my writing shows that more. When I was growing up, I didn't necessarily know how to come. I felt things so strongly and I didn't know how to convey it properly. I would share my poetry with my friends and they would laugh at me. Like they would not take it serious at all when I was really, I was not happy, I wasn't okay. And then over time I used poetry as my outlet and then posting it on social media and getting positive feedback from it like, yo, it'll be all right, or this is amazing, keep writing. Just stuff like that, like that keeps an artist going especially when you feel like no one is listening, somebody's always listening. Mm-hmm. And like with my, with my photography, it, does, it reflects. And like I made a piece called The Raven, which is based off of Edgar Allan's pose, The Raven. And it's a, it's a dark piece. The colors are very dark. It's got dark blues, dark reds. The tree in the background of the picture is dead. Like it's just, it's a dark piece and it's different from all my other work and at the time I was in a very weird place (laughs) but now you can start to see my lighter work starting to show because I'm becoming more comfortable and more confident in what I'm doing and I'm more or less on the I'm on that rising part of the wave (laughs) yeah and I guess it's easy to feel um, positive or uplifted when you have so much positivity happening, like uh, multiple shows coming up, yeah. um, lots of print media um, processing and, and sharing your information, an amazing social presence, yeah. um, a, a growing number of very talented friends and uh, other peers who are doing amazing things as well. Um, just talk about the support that, that you have. Honestly, the support from the community here has been infallible. Like, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like, it doesn't matter how big I get as an artist. Like, Trent is the, like, they made me. Like, they, like, just, I've been forged in this city. Like, just the stuff, like, just the feedback from the community in general between, like, everything that Artworks does for the community, even to, even to the event organizers that run the music series in Mill Hill. Like, just everything that they do to punk rock flea market like it's just like it's such it's like in how do I want to word it like the artistic renaissance in Florence that's what I feel like is going on now like it's just every artist helping artists everybody just everybody working together towards this one goal nobody is selfish everybody is humble everybody's like all right this is the goal we have to get to Let's all get there together. It's not, all right, I'm going to go and then I'm going to bring everybody. It's like, no, we're all going to make it together. I'm climbing up the ladder. I'm holding out my hand for you, too. And honestly, like, if it wasn't for Artworks, they pretty much gave me my start as an artist when no one else would listen to me because no one else would accept what it was. 
no one else they looked at it and said all right this is different i don't know what this is dismiss it but artworks was like okay so this is different let's give it a shot and since they gave me a shot i've done nothing but hustle i've done nothing but grind to get to the point that i'm at now but that's all because they looked at me and they said all right this deserves a chance and they gave me a chance and since then the love from the community has been just like i said infallible like i wouldn't trade it i've got so many art friends and i want to be just as great as my art friends because they've been creating art all their lives i've only been making it for a year and some change i have so much work to do to catch up and i'm humbled by all of them and they're all really crazy talented like it doesn't make sense how talented they are like in fact i'm upset how talented they are like it's it's crazy but it makes me want to work three times as hard because now I'm like, all right, that's the mark. That's where I got to get to. So I'm putting in sleepless nights. I'm putting in late nights, early mornings, like just working to create this stuff just so I can eventually one day give back to the community. So one day I can give back and be like, all right, your investment in me, that initial investment that you made in me was not wasted. That investment, I'm now going to show you like this is, it was worth it you made the right call giving me this chance and I thank you for it and here's my thanks. You know folks, I am blown away by the the people who I bring on to the program and um, for a multitude of reasons and mainly because I want you to experience what I'm experiencing, the life, the lifestyle that I have. Meeting and spending time with, with people like Philip and various uh, artists and, and people who are actively involved in trying to make the world and the community better through whatever it is they're doing. That is the backbone of what this program is about. We have one shot at this. We've got truly one shot. And I think we need to take the shot, one. And two, we need to encourage others to take that shot as well. Because that's the only way that we as a culture, as a community, as human beings are going to continue to progress. And I'd like to see this progression amplified. And I'd like to see it happen faster. For us, like, like you, you've been creating glitch art, again, air quotes, for less than two years. And you're getting solo shows in New York City and Brooklyn and all over New Jersey. And you came right out and said, look, I've got a lot of support around well, then that means that this is what is achievable when we support each other. And I'm encouraging you all to do the same thing. Philip, please share your contact information. And folks, I'm really encouraging you to reach out to <laughs> Philip. Even if you want to buy one of his prints, which are very reasonable, and get it signed and consider that as an investment. Soon, this will become a marketplace where things that artists like Philip sign and that they've created will have value. Think about baseball cards. <laughs> so can you share your contact information, Phil? Uh, my Instagram is M-E underscore K-O-N underscore E-L. Me, Connell. I can also be reached through my website, O-M-N-7.com. O-M-N-7.com. Yes. So that's uh, Oscar Mary Nancy 7. Oscar Mary Nancy 7.com. Now, we're just about up on a break, folks. And again, this is an opportunity for you to get involved, not only in a process, but also to think about this as an investment. Um, an investment for as little as, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is, 
you may be able to connect with this amazing Ryzen talent. Purchase some of his work, put it up wherever you're going to put it up, or lock it up in a vault, or whatever. Just remember, a piece from Basquiat just sold for over $100 million. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. We'll be back after a short break. <laughs> and welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. My name is Jacques Howard. I'm the creator and host. You can hear the program every Tuesday night from approximately 8 to 9 p.m. You can also see the television rebroadcast that happens on Friday night over Channel 25, which is the America One Network, Verizon Verizon, and it's in Mercer County, New Jersey. Um, it's really interesting, the difference, because that is America One Network is a traditional gospel channel. So I'd love bringing on my friends who are artists, and some of them don't have the same faith, but it's a community awareness program. And it's important for us to understand that, hey, this is, this is who we are. And uh, l let's eliminate some of these walls and the barriers that, are, that we put up for ourselves and for others. In addition to that, you can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. You can also follow on Twitter at Trenton365, and you can post your events to the Trenton365 community calendar. So uh, in the studio with me is Philip McConnell, and Philip is an artist, and he is also known as a glitch artist. But he uh, does some photography, he does digital alchemy, basically, we'll call it <laughs> that. Uh, he'll be touching uh, with a videography soon and film. He all is also writing poetry. So there's a bunch of different things that he's doing. And again, I encourage you to get in contact with him. His website is omn7.com, oscarmarynancy7.com. Or you can find him on Instagram if that's part of uh, your repertoire of things. And that's M-E underscore con, K-O-N underscore E-L. M-E underscore K-O-N underscore E-L, and that's on Instagram. He's not really into Twitter, and um, hey, that's just not his thing. But we've been talking about lots of different things. Um, we've touched on metaphysical uh, elements of what he does with his creation, um, his emotions, um, the success that he's had, the faster rising person that he is in the art community. And I want to drill down on that a little bit. Just before the show, you said that you were chosen as part of 30 Under 30. Can yes. you get into the details about that? Uh, there is a gallery in Chelsea, New York called Viridian Artists, and they had an open call for artists under 30, pretty much. And one of my goals this year was to get into Chelsea, and I set that goal last year. <laughs> so starting this year, I was just applying to places, applying to places, applying to places, getting nothing back. And then they, uh, the Gallery of Brilliant Artists, they sent me something like, hey, this is what we got going on, submit your work. So I submitted, I got accepted into the show. The piece, Runaway, got accepted into the show. And that's one of my, one of the first pieces of glitch art I ever made. So for that to be accepted into the art district of New York just made, like that, that made my month and made my year pretty much. Like that's the highlight but so I got accepted into the show my piece didn't win best of show which I'm not really upset about because afterwards they asked me to join the gallery they asked if I wanted to become a member and I'm still mulling it over they mailed me the contract and everything but I'm still you know a little iffy about it so I had a conversation with my mentor about it Addison and he was telling me like you got to be careful with places like that 
well not places like that but you got to be careful with things like that in general because they'll because you're a young artist they'll try and mold you in a way and you're not at that stage yet you shouldn't be at that stage like your work is here you should not try and try and fit the mold of what they would want you had touched on it earlier where certain spaces like to build you into a certain form where they want you to make art for a certain clientele and things like that and he was just dropping so much gems like too too many for me to name now but he was just dropping so much gems in that short amount of time and they they still have one of my pieces on consignment there they liked it that much that they wanted to hang it on their wall so even for that to me is like yo like that's thank you because you didn't have to do that you didn't have to put it up you didn't have to accept it in the first place but just to be accepted like that and then for them to want to not keep it but they still want to sell it like and they don't have to do that like it's a gallery in chelsea they don't have to but they chose to anyway mm -hmm. Now, you've, you've mentioned several things that you have lined up, mm -hmm. at least for the next year or so. Yes. And uh, you obviously have set several goals, and, mm -hmm. and you're achieving those goals. So I'm sure through your team, through your mentors, et cetera, now the goals will be set higher oh, yeah, and larger. What are some of those goals, if, you, if you're open to share? Uh, a lot of my goals, pretty much, are just trying to. Well, for one, I want to sell a piece for a thousand dollars this year. <laughs> like okay. that's that's one of my goals. But another one is I want to work on a series of. And we had talked about this before. A series of artists talking to other artists about their work. Just pretty much a community series, where an artist would sit down. And they would get like five minutes and they bring up a piece of theirs and they would just talk about what the piece is, their process, their media and stuff like that. And then they would tell that to another group of artists. And then when they tell it to the group of artists, they would get constructive criticism. They would get feedback. They would get, well, I like what you did here. Why did you pick this and this? And like just pretty much workshopping their work. And I want to create a series like that where pretty much an artist can do that because that's good for an artist to get the ability to get feedback from other artists from other mediums and to be able to say like all right well i see what your work is but have you looked at it this way it's just a different perspective on the things that you're making mm -hmm. now education has has been very important to you I mean, you mentioned very clearly in the previous conversations about how much your family um, values education mm -hmm. And it's obvious that it, that it has made a, a major impact on you. Where are you now in the process of expanding your knowledge, and uh, what are you doing with that? Uh, I just try and study as much as I can, even if it's not like in a formal class. I'm not a fan. I'm not the best student in the world. I will say that learning in the classroom environment is not for me. I was the kid that loved recess. I loved to be outside. I loved to run. And, play and stuff like that but studying in a classroom is too rigid of a structure for me so now that I'm older and I have the ability to just study on my leisure and study at free will I read constantly I'm always even on my phone I have several books on my phone that I just constantly read like right now I'm reading a book on on uh I want to can't pronounce the word entropy I think that's it <laughs> reading a book on time spaced like stuff like that reading a book on, uh, what else, 
thermal thermodynamics, mm -hmm. just on how things expand and how they contract. Reading reading old texts like the Prima Materia, which is it basically talks about the first material, mm -hmm. ether, and stuff like that. Even I even recently read a book called The Law of One by Aleister Crowley. You actually mentioned that uh, not too not too long ago mm -hmm. about uh, the Book of One. So. You've obviously have gotten a lot of support in structure yes. that was very stable as a as a child now to adulthood. What would you like to share to the parents, guardians, etc., who have uh, responsibility for a child who is interested in art in creation? Give your child the ability to create freely. Don't judge their drawings. For a long time, I got. I never colored inside the lines. Not like on purpose on some, oh, I'm a super artist type, I just don't color inside the lines. No, I was just a sloppy colorer. So I just didn't color within the restrictions that were given to me. Or even like my handwriting, even to this day, my handwriting is terrible. I write like a doctor, like it's bad. But that's just, like that's just how I am. Creatively, I was given the ability to just do what I wanted to do creatively. And there weren't boundaries, there weren't restrictions put on it. And this is something that I thank my parents for, I thank my sisters for. Whatever I wanted to do, they pushed me to do it. At one point in time, I wanted to go out in L.A. and be a professional dancer. I liked dancing. Dancing was my everything. It's what I did all the time. And they were like, well, let's put you in some dance classes then. So they tried to push me to do these things that I wanted to do. And they tried to create an environment for me to be successful in whatever I wanted to lay my hand on. It just happened to be that I landed on art and photography. <laughs> and that's great. And it sounds as though it's actually going well. Yes. So, um, again, I guess as a parent and to the parents and guardians out there, just because you, uh, a young person asks for something and you provide it to them, that doesn't mean that that's just going to be the only thing that they consume and that they become. Mm -hmm. It may take a while to kick in or it may never kick in. But that doesn't mean that we, as people who are providing opportunities, mm -hmm. should stop. Yeah. Hmm. I've always been creative, but I've never... It took me 25 years to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And now that I'm on this path, I don't see myself doing anything else at all. There's nothing else I'd rather do with my day than wake up, go to meetings, sit down, make art, go out, take pictures talk to people like I love I love as Casa will put it art life like I love this thing and I've never loved anything as much as I love this thing <laughs> fantastic Philip share your contact information again before we sign off my Instagram name is Meconel M-E underscore K-O-N underscore E-L I can also be reached at my website O-M-N-7 dot com Awesome. And uh, archives of this and our previous interviews will, and maybe not our conversations, I don't think I captured any of those, but um, will be available on the Trenton365.com website. And you can send me an email, Trenton365show uh, at gmail.com. I'd love to connect you with Philip and the other artists and folks who I bring onto the program because that's what this platform is. And this platform is an opportunity to connect people um, to some of the wonderful things that I am experiencing daily in life. That is that art life. So my life is the art life. Thank you for listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. We'll be back at it next week. Have a great night, friends. Take care.